Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 17 of The Midnight Queen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Midnight Queen by May Agnes Fleming. Chapter 17. The Hidden Face. When Mr. Malcolm Ormiston, with his usual good sense and penetration, took himself off and left Leoline and Sir Norman tete-a-tete, his steps turned as mechanically as the needle to the North Pole toward Le Masque's house. Before it he wandered, around it he wandered, like an uneasy ghost, lost in speculation about the hidden face, and fearfully impatient about the flight of time. If La Masque saw him hovering aloof and unable to tear himself away, perhaps it might touch her obdurate heart and cause her to shorten the dreary interval and summon him to her presence at once. Just then someone opened the door, and his heart began to beat with anticipation. Someone pronounced his name, and going over he saw the animated bag of bones, otherwise his lady loves vassal and porter. La Masque says, began the attenuated lackey, and Ormiston's heart nearly jumped out of his mouth, that she can't have anybody hanging about her house like its shadow, and she wants you to go away and keep away till the time comes she has mentioned. So saying, the skeleton shut the door, and Ormiston's heart went down to zero. There being nothing for it but obedience, however, he slowly and reluctantly turned away, feeling in his bones that, if he ever came to the bliss and ecstasy of calling La Masque Mrs. Ormiston, the gray mare in his stable would be, by long odds, the better horse. Unintentionally his steps turned to the waterside, and he descended the flight of stairs, determined to get into a boat and watch the illumination from the river. Late as was the hour, the Thames seemed alive with ferries and barges, and their numerous lights danced along the surface like fireflies over a marsh. A gay barge, gilded and cushioned, was going slowly past, and as he stood directly under the lamp, he was recognized by a gentleman within it, who leaned over and hailed him. Ormiston! I say, Ormiston! Well, my lord, said Ormiston, recognizing the handsome face and animated voice of the Earl of Rochester, have you any engagement for the next half hour? If not, do me the favor to take a seat here and watch London in flames from the river. 
with all my heart said ormiston running down to the water's edge and leaping into the boat with all this bustle of life around here one would think it were noonday instead of midnight the whole city is astir about these fires have you any idea they will be successful not the least you know my lord the prediction runs that the plague will rage till the living are no longer able to bury the dead it will soon come to that said the earl shuddering slightly if it continues increasing much longer as it does now daily how do the bills of mortality run to-day i've not heard hark there goes st paul's tolling twelve and there goes a flash of fire the first among many look look how they sprang up into the black darkness they will not do it long look at the sky my lord the earl glanced up at the midnight sky of a dull and dingy red color except where black and heavy clouds were heaving like angry billows all dingy with smoke and streaked with bars of fiery red i see there is a storm coming and a heavy one our worthy burghers and most worshipful lord mayor will see their fires extinguished shortly and themselves sent home with wet jackets and for weeks almost a month there has not fallen a drop of rain remarked ormiston gravely a remarkable coincidence truly there seems to be a fatality hanging over this devoted city i wonder your lordship remains the earl shrugged his shoulders significantly it is not so easy leaving it as you think mr ormiston but i am to turn my back to it to-morrow for a brief period you are aware i suppose that the court leaves before daybreak for oxford i believe i have heard something of it how long to remain till charles takes it into his head to come back again said the earl familiarly which will probably be in a week or two look at that sky all black and scarlet and look at those people i scarcely thought there were half the number left alive in london even the sick have come out to-night said ormiston half the past stricken in the city have left their beds full of new-born hope one would think it were a carnival so it is a carnival of death i hope ormiston said the earl looking at him with a light laugh the pretty little white fairy we rescued from the river is not one of the sick parading the streets ormiston looked grave no my lord i think she is not i left her safe and secure who is she ormiston coaxed the earl laughingly pshaw man don't make a mountain out of a molehill tell me your name her name is leoline what else that is just what i would like to have someone tell me i give you my honor lord i do not know the earl's face half indignant half incredulous wholly curious made ormiston smile it is a fact my lord i asked her her name and she told me leoline a pretty title enough but rather unsatisfactory how long have you known her to the best of my belief said ormiston musingly about four hours nonsense cried the earl energetically what are you telling me ormiston you said she was an old friend i beg your pardon my lord i said no such thing i told you she had escaped from her friends which was strictly true then how the demon had you the impudence to come up and carry her off in that style i certainly had a better right to her than you the right of discovery and i shall call upon you to deliver her up if she belonged to me i should only be too happy to oblige your lordship laughed ormiston 
but she is at present the property of sir norman kingsley and to him you must apply ah his inamorata is she well i must say his taste is excellent but i should think you ought to know her name since you and he are noted for being a modern daemon and pythias probably i should my lord only sir norman unfortunately does not know himself the earl's countenance looked so utterly blank at this announcement that ormiston was forced to throw in a word of explanation i mean to say my lord that he has fallen in love with her and judging from appearances i should say his flame is not altogether hopeless although they have met to-night for the first time a rapid passion where have you left her ormiston in her own house my lord ormiston replied smiling quietly to himself where is that about a dozen yards from where i stood when you called me who are her family continued the earl who seemed possessed of a devouring curiosity she has none that i know of i imagine mistress leoline is an orphan i know there was not a living soul but ourselves in the house i brought her to and you left her there alone exclaimed the earl half starting up as if about to order the boatman to row back to the landing ormiston looked at his excited face with a glance full of quiet malice no my lord not quite sir norman kingsley was with her ah oh, said the earl smiling back with a look of chagrin then he will probably find out her name before he comes away i wonder you could give her up so easily to him after all your trouble smitten my lord inquired ormiston maliciously hopelessly replied the earl with a deep sigh she was a perfect little beauty and if i can find her i warn sir norman kingsley to take care i have already sent hubert out in search of her and by the way said the earl with a sudden increase of animation what a wonderful resemblance she bears to hubert i could almost swear they were one and the same the likeness is marvellous but i should hate to take such an oath i confess i am somewhat curious myself but i stand no chance of having it gratified before to-morrow i suppose how those fires blaze it is much brighter than at noonday show me the house in which leoline lies ormiston easily pointed it out and showed the earl the light still burning in her window it was in that room we found her first dead of the plague dead of the what cried the earl aghast dead of the plague i'll tell your lordship how it was said ormiston who forthwith commend and related the story of their finding leoline of the resuscitation at the plague pit of the flight from sir norman's house and of the delirious plunge into the river and miraculous cure a marvellous story commented the earl much interested and leoline seems to have as many lives as a cat who can she be a princess in disguise eh ormiston she looks fit to be a princess or anything else but your lordship knows as much about her now as i do you say she was dressed as a bride how came that simply enough she was to be married to-night had she not taken the plague instead married why i thought you told me a few minutes ago she was in love with kingsley it seems to me mr ormiston your remarks are a trifle inconsistent said the earl in a tone of astonished displeasure nevertheless they are all perfectly true mistress leoline was to be married as i told you 
but she was too merry to please her friends and not herself she had been in the habit of watching kingsley go past her window and the way with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.